0: And welcome to our truly scrumptious podcast, where we talk food festivals, festival food, foodie friends and friends of the festival. In each episode, we will chat to some of our many friends, our celebrity chefs and bakers, food producers, festival team and other people involved in the festival world. We'll even hear some backstage gossip. It's a huge world. It's a hard-working one and great fun too, although a tad stressful at times. My name is Lottie Duncan. And I'm a food presenter, writer and eater. We want to bring our food festivals to your door, your ears, your living room and most definitely your kitchen. So draw up your chair, pour yourself something scrumptious, take the weight off your slingbacks and join us within the world of food, festivals and foodie types. As promised, we have a board of delectable deliciousness for you this week. The very bubbly, bright and joyous Susie Pelter is joining us to chat about cakes, all things sweet and her hosting of our festival stages at Tame. We have another fabulous encounter with a warm, funny and cocktail-shaking Andy Clark. A proper catch-up, you'll love it. First, we zoom over to Sweden to chat with my lovely old friend, Christina Goltz, who I've known since I was 19. We both worked in the restaurants of Oxford. It was the 80s. I know what fun it was. Through the wonders of modern technology, I am sitting in my spare bedroom, or the edit suite as we like to call it, uh, with John. And I'm talking to my lovely friend, Christina, on the other side of Europe, in Sweden land. Uh, near Stockholm. It's hardly the other side of Europe. Well, it's, come on, let's kind try. of all right, but north, west, east. A bit north and yeah, and a bit northeast. And, um, mm. and, I'm sitting, and I'm looking outside and you've got beautiful pine trees behind you. There's no snow at the moment because it's just gone. And it's a bit nippy noon out there, isn't it? A bit like that here today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's so lovely because when I saw you in Swedenland, it was in June. It was about 80 degrees. It was freakly, freakily hot wasn't it for you in midsummer
1: just and we mid-summer.
0: spent i spent three fantastic days maybe even four fantastic days with you i can't remember how many um eating chatting <laughs> <I sure laughs> <was that>. <laughs> <laughs> drinking so let me just um before we we'll talk about sweden in just a second but um we'll talk about how you and i know each other so when i was a mere little 18 year old in oxford um, and I was working in bars, you were working in bars, we were working in bars and restaurants. We were all having a lovely time being, um, very silly and, uh, enjoying ourselves enormously. Very drunk, enormously. Very drunk most, of um, <laughs> most of the time. in the late eighties. And it was, it was a fantastic time to be in Oxford and it was a great time to be, you know, working in the bars and restaurants. It was a sort of heyday really, wasn't it? Of the, of the Oxford mm-hmm. restaurants. And we knew each other from there and, um, and then we sort of kind of met, you kind of over the years, you sort of meet and then you come apart again and you meet and come apart and all these years later, we still know each other.
1: I mean, it's the, it's the beauty of Facebook, isn't it? I mean, Facebook has made all of this possible because it's, it's it, if I have not seen you for 20 years, it doesn't matter because I know what you've been doing. Yes. Uh, exactly. And that's really how we, we, we hooked up again, basically, yeah. because I was looking for new brands and uh, and i got in touch with you and you gave me bacon
0: jam i remember? did i remember because so you were you're, you went back over to switzerland switzerland mm-hmm. sweden switzerland.
1: <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I'm american yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah back in sweden you've married you've had a, a lovely daughter who's almost 17 now 17 18 she's almost 19 almost now. 19 goodness me so mm. so all of that's been going on and you started up a business called north parade and, which is actually a street in Oxford, isn't it? Where you used where to I used work to. and where you um, have a house still. And it, it sort of, you wanted to import the best of British food and show Sweden what it's all about. So that's how you started. You got in contact with me and I had my cafe and I said, well, this is a product I use called Bacon Jam.
1: Exactly. And that's how, well, basically it started a little bit before that because I was working in advertising for many years and obviously I hated it. I, I know it's not obviously I hated it. I loved it in the beginning, but... You know, midlife crisis will hit us all eventually and uh, found black garlic. That's how it all started. Um, And I was watching TV one evening because I'm addicted to cooking programs. And uh, a chef from America started talking about black garlic. And at that point, I fell off the sofa and realized I needed it uh, and tracked it down to a a, a company in the UK. Uh, They're now called the original black garlic. Anyway, so that's how it started. So basically, I, I, I started importing black garlic. Uh, and from there, it hit off and I thought, well, gosh, there must be something else out there that's very weird, because it's not just about importing the best of British, it's importing the things that nobody else is importing. Um, so, so I've sort of been out there looking for, for really cool stuff. And uh, obviously, bacon jam was fantastic. It sold so well. And then the idiots uh, who decide over us Brexit um made it impossible for me to carry on importing because they just put a stop to anything with animal ingredients so that was unfortunate but there's a lot more out there apart from bacon jam and, and i've been very lucky to find some fantastic suppliers large and small small producers and, and larger producers but all of them are, are passionate uh and and i don't just work with food i work with people
2: yeah, and that's really important, important. Food
1: behind them yeah. oh it's everything i mean otherwise it's just a job and then i might as well go back to advertising where i actually get paid so so it's about the people <laughs> it's about the people yeah. um and that's where my passion is people people who work with food are nice people there's a heart there's a generosity we share we're not territorial um unless obviously somebody's trying to import something that i'm importing then i'll kill them but that's another story <laughs> yeah but but so that's what, what my love of food is, is about people and the food Mm. It's not just food.
0: No, I think you're absolutely uh, right. I've always said that. You know, the, the mm. people who love food are the nicest people to be around. Always, mm. Maybe because oh, we've that's always so generous. We've all, and also we've always got full tummies and our blood sugars perfect. You know, we're never hungry, are we? Because we're always thinking. Mm, oh, no, yum, because yum. we've always got
1: something to munch close by. You see?
0: Exactly, those chickpeas. No, they're actually hazelnut. hazelnuts. Hazelnuts, oh, all lovely. Nice. Mm, I like a nut. <laughs> so. Um, you once you've got all this wonderful produce in your warehouse, which I, you know, went to in the summer. Um, what do you do with it? How do you sell it? On I mean, I know you do online, but I'm presuming you do lots of festivals too.
1: I do festivals. Um, I mean, Sweden isn't like the UK. The UK, you are so so so. I wouldn't say blessed, but I think there's a um, there's so much more choice in the uk sweden's a very small country i mean we've got what nine million people ten at, at the moment i'm not quite sure but but you know if you can break that down into people it's it's not a lot of offerings out there so the trade shows i do uh, are small once twice a year uh to get myself out to retailers because i'm a reseller so basically i import and distribute uh whereas my customers then are shops so they they then sell on So that's how it works. But then I have great friends in in the food world as well in Sweden where I can stand uh, where they have their fairs. And I'm selling one to one there. I do an awful, do really, really well when there's big sort of whiskey and beer festivals because I sell a lot of funky chili products Uh, and whiskey, men, chili. It's like a match made in heaven, really. (laughs) And so I do very, very well at those type of fairs. So it's not your classic food fairs as as you do in in the uk and especially the ones that, that, that you guys are producing which are amazing it's like the best of the best here it's 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 much smaller and you have to be a bit more creative and which really sort of defines who i am because the products i bring in are slightly more creative thinking wise uh so so it works well you have to be cleverer in order to win here otherwise you're fighting with supermarket brands and, and that's not where i want to be
0: i think they need it they need to cover supermarket we need to come over and do a food festival with them, really, don't we? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> John, get on to the Swedish government. We're coming over. Oh, get exactly.
1: Us <laughs> I've got some contacts for you. No worries. <laughs>
0: um, so I'm just going back to the summer when we came over. So John and I decided mm-hmm. that we were going to drive to see you in Sweden, mm-hmm. uh, up in Stockholm. And uh, so we drove up through France and Belgium and dropped off in Holland, said hello to a mate over there, came up through... Um, Uh, Denmark Denmark, and then Copenhagen and we spent the night before, midsummer, we spent an evening in a vineyard Um, I think it's the most northerly vineyard Uh, and we had the most wonderful evening, I mean the weather was cracking and obviously we had a bit of a midnight sun going on as well Um, and it was just absolutely wonderful and then we drove on to meet you and we stopped off where you'd spent (laughs) midsummer and met some of your lovely friends, one of whom would you like to elaborate on?
1: Well, I will not say he's he's a Paul Hollywood, but he is the uh, he's the um, he's the bakery expert uh, for the Swedish Bake Off program. Um, so he's uh, he's a judge. For, I think he's he's. I can't I can't exactly remember his his title, but he's he's I think a judge for the Swedish baking team. I think something like that, or a coach. But anyway, Ewan Sir, a fabulous bloke, and he's got this amazing house out in the middle of nowhere uh, where he's built himself his own little piece of paradise. He's built a fantastic bakery. Um, he has also uh, an enormous cold room because he hunts, hunts pretty much everything. Uh, so he makes his own uh, sausages and, and charcuterie and amazing, amazing wild food. So we spend every Midsummer there, and we spend pretty much every New Year there as well. Uh, the focus of these two events is food. Food and fun of and course. friends. And that's what we do. So 24 hours of just eating, drinking, laughing, dancing, and and uh, and, and shooting guns into the air at midnight. So <laughs> so that's, that's our New Year's Eve and our uh, Midsummer. And then you turned up there as we were all just sort of uh, taking our aspirins about 12 o'clock and uh, and you wanna just lit the, the the barbecue where he was going to make his pizzas for yeah. for lunch.
0: Yeah, and we all yeah. sat down and ate loads of pizzas and met them and they were just and all of everyone everyone there was called Yohan. and John yeah. and I turned up with a an English version. A very little English
1: version.
0: <laughs> yes, really funny. But it was amazing, and his um, he made amazing pizzas. Wonderful, different yeah. types of pizza. Just sat around; it was all very jolly. And his bakery, I, oh, it was, it was a dream. His kitchen is a dream. I mean, it was a sort of, for me, it was a toy, not toy shop, but it was just everything you could possibly imagine that you desire. He had. That it was it's incredible. What
1: we need. Yes. In design, we need it. Need it. You rushed off and bought yourself a pizza oven, didn't you?
0: Did straight away, yes, Very after awesome. he was. I remember. Yeah, we've done loads on that since actually. It's a great <laughs> little oven. And um, one yeah. of our favourites is we do a pizza dough and then I just um, cook the dough, just as a flat pizza with nothing on it, just a bit of salt. But then bring it out, and then I smear it with garlic butter. Mm. And then I top it with a lovely grated tomato mixture, and then slit open a burrata. On top of that, so all of that creamy mozzarella and cream just slips through it like that. We just sliced up and shoved that in our mouths.
1: That's the way. Now my pizza. We're in the moment. I'm going through my Indian phase at the moment, but I'll tell you more about that because I've got a new brand which I'm very excited about. But uh, so we're making naan bread in them. Oh yes, perfect. Because we get that extreme heat, which is what you need for naan. It's fast, it goes really, really quickly, and it's absolutely delicious. Mm, lovely. So, that's a tip. Because you do a lot today. of outside
0: cooking, don't you? All year round.
1: Huge amount, and especially now when the electricity is as it is, we're doing an awful lot more.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy prices. So, I've outside... got about
1: eight barbecues.
0: Is it eight? Because John and I were counting well, them, we I didn't mean, quite
1: get to we eight. We've not really have enough, Lottie, to be honest with you. We've got the pizza oven, <laughs> and then we've got two eggs. A couple of Weber's, a smoke, and then uh, two uh, Japanese table barbecues. And I'm sure there's more there that I've forgotten, but yeah. Oh, we bought a really nice um, inner tyre from uh, when we were in in Tanzania, which they were barbecuing on the side of the street, so I I took one of those home with me as well.
0: How did you get the tyre home with you?
1: Well, there's a will, there's a way.
0: what (laughs) What was the other thing you were telling me? That you my, had my
1: bucket my fire bucket
0: it's your fire bucket that's right he brought back
1: <laughs> that was a was handbag at Heathrow so that worked out very well
0: a <laughs> tyre, though that's quite something to bring back from no, the
1: in the tie the metal bit not the actual rubber oh I
0: thought, he meant I thought you meant it was the oh, whole well, thing an <laughs> I was like sort of I don't know what no. Do you know a friend of mine is a, an Austra- Australian guy and he was our cameraman on a series I did called Dynamo on ITV to about 2005 and a long time ago. And he was just a complete maverick cam- cameraman. Brett, his name is Brett. Whenever he had the camera pointed at me, he go, look at me, look at me. Do you remember that? Kath and Kim. Yeah, look at me. Anyway, he um, he had an old washing machine with a circular drum. And he took all the mechanics out of it and just left this drum. And he used that as a Barbie. So it sat on its side in the garden. He took the door off. It was great because all the wind, go, all the all the. All air the wind, through. exactly. He yeah. spun it, and all the wind, and it flamed. And it got really hot. It was a piece of genius. As is my inner
1: inner sort of thing for a tire.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. So you talk about your um your new Indian brand that you've got coming in. Yeah. You're always looking for new ones and developing them because you were developing a chili sauce. The perfect. We've got the
1: the the, the, the rib glaze and uh, and the rib rub are in production at the moment, which is going to be our own um, versions of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're working with an English producer in well, obviously England. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, an English producer, a British producer in Wales, I should ah. say. Ah, so they're helping us with the rib glaze, um, and then we've got somebody else helping us with uh, with the rib rub. So that's going to be a launch uh, sometime this summer. Oh, under our own label, which is great.
0: Well, I hope that you will make it over here at some point this year. And we... Do you know what?
1: I have a list of, uh, of festivals and events, and yours is actually on the top, because yeah. of uh, all the sort of COVID and everything else that's been going on. It's been so limiting everything, but uh, but now it seems like everything's calming down. Unless you obviously live in China, it's it's all calming down. Yeah. So. No, Tame is definitely on my hit list. Oh, brilliant. So, no, festivals are wonderful, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to come over to you because there's a different vibe in the UK. It's so much more chilled out. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, focus is on feeding in the UK. In Sweden, it's it's still it's still early days for people to mm. understand what a really good festival is all about. Yeah. So we shall learn from you and maybe do something here together.
0: Oh, definitely. why not? Oh God, I'm, I'd like to be international. I'm good at
1: that. You are now. You're talking to Sweden.
0: Yeah, talking to Sweden. And do you know, when we were looking at this podcast and who's been listening to it, it's all over the world. People, India, South Africa, everyone's been listening. So it's great. It's really, really good. So hello, everybody out there who's listening. Hello. Anyway, my darling, I shall finish up and I shall ask you the question I ask everybody. And I have to, I generally try and say it in a very seductive way. Um, And it is, Christina, what is your 50 shades of food? Okay. A little filthy and maybe a little sticky, something you want to eat on your own. I'd say shut down those curtains, you know, don't look at the cold outside, light a fire. It'll just be you and your fifty shades of food. What would it be?
1: It's such a difficult question because there's two there's two categories really. One is the I cook so much every day so it has to be really easy and and it takes me back to when I was young. Uh, so, I, I can be completely frank with you. This isn't my ultimate meal, but it's my go to when nobody's around. And that is pasta, preferably spaghetti, butter, black pepper, and lots of parmesan. Oh, well,
0: that's a very famous Roman dish, isn't it? I and mean, it's one of their main pasta is it really? dishes. I thought was
1: just me being a slob.
0: No, 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 it is. It's a very but famous it's one. It's my famous Roman pasta that yeah. I'd like to. Use. <laughs> It was Roman, that's the one. No, it is delicious. And you get that emulsified butter and cheese. Oh. And yeah, I'm with you it's on that.
1: It's just lovely. Loads of black, but it has to be canned pot pepper, it has to be parmesan, and it has to be real butter. So those are the three mm. major ingredients. And that's it. That's my guilty pleasure, because that's the thing I do when I'm on my own. Yeah. Uh, but when, when my husband's around, then then I'll pretty much do anything for him if he makes me spare ribs. <laughs>
0: And that's and they're very, very
1: sticky, and you can enjoy those. <laughs> Especially, now my new you rib glaze, they'll be fantastic.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I, I just must say thank you again, because when we were over with you, you said, Lottie, come downstairs, come downstairs, into the cellar, I've got something. And there's this hole. I'm not telling too much no, about it, because it's your you secret agree. stash, but there's a hole in the wall. And inside, you had boxes and boxes of dried mushrooms that you forage and pick in the autumn, mm-hmm. you and yo and you go out and do that. Mm. and I still have the box of the chanterelles, a huge amount of chanterelles. I mean, you gave me, I had them in the back of the car when we drove back, and I could have, oh, mm. it was just a huge bag, bin I bag. have sold them. Yeah, should have done. No, we wanted to eat them. So i still got some loads of chanterelles, which we do with meatballs, sort of slightly more meaty, aren't they, and, chew, and chewy. And then, of course, the porcini. Last week, I thought of you, and I almost sent you the picture. I made a, um, a risotto with a porcini mm. and tons of black garlic. You can't get wrong. Um, and it, just salt and pepper, parmesan, loads of chopped parsley. And you loved it, didn't you, John? Mm. It's a, mm.
1: How's John doing with his dill pickles, though? That's the question.
0: Well, not as well as you would think. I still have a box in there. In fact, I just had some for lunch. So, everyone who's listening, Christina taught me how to make the best Swedish dill pickles. And it's just sliced cucumber. And it's mm. one of vinegar, two of sugar, Four of water, three of water, yes, three of water, three of water. Three of water. Three of one. and it has to be a particular vinegar, doesn't it? Swedish vinegar, called
1: Etica, but it's it's like an acetic vinegar, really.
0: Mm. Well, it's it's delicious. You want that sort
1: of lemony, spirity flavour.
0: Yeah, and you just so fiddle with it yeah. to get the right combination, and then you add uh, lots of fresh dill to it, and you just steep your cucumbers in. And I use it on everything. I love it on bread, on sort of cottage cheese for breakfast, or. Just a little bit of um, sliced cheese on toast. I have it just a moment ago. I had it with seafood sticks. I know they're you one see, of Everybody has their little thing. I have a little seafood stick thing. Um, yes. So we had that in a in a wrap today with loads of those cucumber. I just love it, Christina. So thank you for teaching me that. <laughs> Nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh. Will you enjoy your um, pasta tonight? Is Joe in then, or are you gonna have to cook? He's in. Um, mm-hmm.
1: uh, no, tonight we're having salmon as lovely. you do in Sweden lovely well enjoy yeah. with your, with your cucumber you. with my cucumber and uh, and some uh, some, it's very nice actually you can try this buy some um, fish roe dill uh, creme fraiche and a bit of uh, sour cream lots of dill and chop it all up bit of red onion and then you've got a fantastic sauce for <sighs> salmon that sounds lovely uh, but you need the you need the roe preferably orange because the, the black will just make it a weird colour yeah that sounds uh, delicious. That's really nice. Yeah. That's the so that's what we're having tonight. And
0: I just heard in the background, John's sitting there, he said, sounds lovely apart from the dill. Yeah, he just doesn't. Ridiculous, well, isn't it's it? It's like if somebody's talking to me about coriander, I'd
1: probably throw up. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's
0: really right. Yeah, he says, see, I am a proper Swedish Viking. You are just a Norwegian Viking who knows nothing. That's what we say. Exactly. <laughs> he
1: just likes it, so it's, uh, Yeah. Greasy fish. Anyway, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's dinner
0: tonight. Lovely. Well, you enjoy that, my darling? It's so lovely to speak to you and see you as well. And I long for you yeah. to come back over here and we shall put you up and you shall eat and feast with us this time. Well, we look forward to it. Thanks, Christina, and see you soon. Now, Susie Pelter came to prominence in 2012 when she won Lorraine's Cake Club competition on ITV1's Lorraine Show. Her original recipe of chocolate and banana cake with a peanut butter frosting was such a hit and she's since written a scrumptious cookery book. Susie hosts our stages and this year she is looking after the masterclass and interview marquee. I am looking at the gorgeous Susie Pelter, resplendent, across her bed. (laughs) In her bedroom. You look fabulous. That's what's so good about doing these Zooms is that you can do them anywhere in the house. Um, I'm currently in the office, which is actually the second spare bedroom, and um well actually it's grace's old bedroom and i can hear drilling and banging going on so if you hear that in the background i apologize now my neighbors are having an extension
3: I can't hear anything, so hopefully the listeners can't either. Yes, that's perfect.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's so lovely to see your gorgeous face, Susie. Um, we, we were just discussing before we went you know, live on the Zoom that you've been at Tame Food Festival hosting stages for us since 2016. So that uh-huh. is now seven years. This will be your seventh wow. year with us. So <laughs> looking back to to when you sort of came into the public eye, and that was in 2012 when you won Lorraine's Cake Club. That's and right, yeah. doing my little bit of um, research, because I thought, I haven't done this for ages with you. Um, I had a look at the video of it when you were standing there waiting to know whether you'd won. Eight, so young. You don't you haven't changed, I hasten to add. Um, oh, but so nervous. You were standing there in anticipation, weren't you?
3: I was. I was so nervous. I had to bring my cake into the studio as well. And so my nerves started... Well, my nerves started from baking the cake because, you know, you want it to be perfect for TV. But then I had a cab journey with this cake as well. And I was just, so my my nerves were shot to pieces. So by the time I was in that studio, I was literally, just tell me the answer. I just want (laughs) to (laughs) know.
0: Well, you look so happy when you won. And it has really changed things for you, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, it came at a really great time in my life because I've got a boy and then twin girls and my my twin girls were three and so I'd kind of reached the point where they're about to start full-time nursery and I was finally going to have a bit of time to myself but didn't really know what I was going to do so I kind of decided to take the opportunity that I was given and ride the wave of whatever was thrown in my way and and see where it took me and you know 11 years later here I am yeah
0: and you've had a book in the meantime which yeah. was um, mug cakes and um, is it other cheaty bakes or other cheat bakes? Or? Yeah, miracle mug cakes and other cheats bakes.
3: That's so it's right. all about cheating with baking. Which Perfect. Is, you know, I'm a big cheater.
0: <laughs> I was I was thinking back because um, I remember during lockdown, John and I loved watching your dinners. You know how everybody did these sort of things in lockdown to keep them going? John and I did videos to stop us coming um, functioning alcoholics in the day, <laughs> we had to do something to keep us keep us busy. So we did lots of silly videos and stuff, and and you did every night. You just did your your supper, and
3: John yeah. you know every morning. I, went, oh, I wonder what Susie's done today. What what Susie's done? Oh. <laughs> we used to love watching it. <laughs> I I love doing it because yeah. I mean having three children in a you know pre COVID, I was out pretty much every night taking them to different places. One of my children. regularly eats her dinner in the car because she's traveling home quite late so I took advantage of Covid to for us all to sit down and eat dinner together and it's lovely because the feedback I've got from everyone has been so nice and yet my kids were like oh another meal where we all have to sit together I was like look at other people would want to do this
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh no it was just so lovely covid was a well the the lockdown was a very odd time but it did bring out lovely things to watch on instagram and other social media i mean it was just it was fabulous for that wasn't it so talking about food festivals so you've hosted for us um the big cookery stage generally on a sunday but then we've changed things up now so we've added a different stage and last year we had you um Hosting the interview stage, and we had also had a masterclass stage this year. We're combining both of them, so you're going to be doing interviews and hosting people when they're doing masterclasses as well. So it's a little bit more, there's a little bit more going on, a little bit more complicated, a bigger stage, and everything. So it's going to be fun,
3: yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't need to tell you, but I will tell you, I love Tame Food Festival, <laughs> I really genuinely do. And I was thinking when I was thinking about coming on here as well about what to say. And it sounds so cheesy and corny, but it is like a family. And I've done many food festivals, but I walk into Tame Food Festival and I'm like, oh, I'm back again. I'm seeing my family again. How are you? And, you know, seeing Anne in the kitchen and you know, Doddy running around making teas and coffees and Winnie running around. It's like, you know, you guys, it's just, it feels like home again. And I absolutely love doing it.
0: Oh, that's so lovely. That's so lovely. You know, um, I think that's the feedback we get from so many people is the fact that it is very, you know, you do feel like you have your family, your friends, you come back and it's, and every year when we're setting it up, it's weird, but it just suddenly, it doesn't feel like it was a year ago. You know, just suddenly, suddenly it happens again. You're like, oh, this is, and all the same people are there. And and it just feels cosy and comforting. And I've said to so many of my friends who work with us on it, that if it wasn't for them, actually, we wouldn't be able to put it together because friendships are really what knit our food festivals together so well. And everybody that works on it, and you can trust people. It's like with you, I know you're going to do the job. It's fine. I don't have to worry about you. I don't have to worry about Simon. I don't have to worry about the stages in any shape or form because I just know you guys will all perform and you'll be fine and it's just takes it's one pressure that's taken off you as an event organizer and it's really makes such a
3: difference to but have... I do think that the way the way you and John treat everybody as well you make us feel like we're part of it and I do think that makes us want to do well for you it is part of it all I just when you feel appreciated and when you feel part of this family and the friendship is so lovely as well it does it does make you want to work harder Oh, that's so lovely. And you're looking forward to uh, this year because it's going to be more going on. Yeah, definitely. I love it. I mean, I've watched it evolve over the years as well, and you know, because originally being in the town centre and then moving to the showground, I love it because it really is a festival. It really is a festival, you know, with the music and the activities for kids, it just it feels and I love the fact that I can bring my dog as well because you know that makes it even more fun for me
0: <laughs> because I never see because half your, your family turn up but I never actually see you guys all together was it last year did your <laughs> husband and kids come along with Buster? So
3: last year my son my husband and my dog so the male members of the family came last year so I have to get female members <laughs> along. <laughs> along this, this year. coming year yeah. oh yeah.
0: brilliant what
3: other things do you do outside Tame Food Festival? So I kind of do a lot of different things. It's whenever anyone says to me, what do you do for a job? And I, I give them a, you know, a, a three minute uh, speech on what I do. Um, so in a nutshell, at the moment, I do great taste toward judging. I'm a coordinator judge like yourself. Um, I also work with brands on social media to promote them through competitions. I work with other brands as well, kind of a little bit more behind the scenes to advise them more as a consultant, you um, you know future products how they promote them on social media how they promote them to the public flavor ideas as well and as a personal thing and kind of linked to that i really enjoy looking for new snacks in the supermarket and especially <laughs> spicy crisps which i know you followed as well so. oh yes
0: i follow you all the time you the other day you did one and it was just you were trundling the camera along the payment and you said i've come home and then you lifted up and there was b and stores <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, then there was there, all was. the
3: different snacks that you could find My encyclopedia, mm. the way I kind of get my knowledge about the products that are around at the moment is by going to supermarkets, seeing what's around and talking to other um, people that are that have inside information about new products coming out, I mean generally I'm more interested in snacks and I guess what you would call junk food, but I call delicious food. So. <laughs> no junk food, nonsense.
0: Um, and you love American snacks too, because you've just come back mm-hmm. as well again, haven't you, from the states? So I
3: was yeah. I was lucky enough to go to the states three times last year, actually. Um, yeah, I, I've got a real affinity, affinity to, affinity with. I should probably learn English before I learn American. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love American food. <laughs> That's
2: what I say. Yeah, yeah, I don't
3: know. I just feel a connection with with them their stuff i mean not necessarily their chocolate i not all of their chocolate there is some good chocolate out there um but i feel that often here we get stuff that they've already had so it's kind of almost a glimpse into the future when we see what's out there
0: totally agree with you that's really interesting i lived in la in about 1987 and I say about 1970. it was nineteen eighty seven. And um, <laughs> and I saw all these products over there, one of them being jars of tomato sauce for pasta. And I remember thinking, what a nonsense. Why would yeah. you buy pasta sauce when you can make it? What a silly thing. Ten years later, what was on our shelves? You know, and now it's the norm. So they you're absolutely right. You see things over there and then they work their way across. Probably quicker now because of Instagram. And um, and what people want, and also obviously being um, buying on the internet and stuff, you know, it's just you can get whatever you want. But but it's very true, you know, what they have is is what we get.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I love that. So yeah, I just. That's the kind of thing I enjoy, I enjoy doing in my spare time. I sound like such a loser. No, you don't at all. Oh, no, you're
0: fabulous. I think your knowledge is very broad as well. And that's with, with Great Taste Awards um, yes. where it's so useful And there's your, as a coordinator. So if we explain what a coordinator is to everyone. When you judge at Great Taste Awards, which is like the Oscars of the food world, um, you have judges sitting around you on a table. And there's one person, the coordinator, like you and me, and we type. So we type in to the computer the feedback from those judges and as a judge yourself, your own feedback. And you have to put it into a very succinct paragraph, which goes back to the producers. So they have an idea of what you think about their products and why they get one, two or three stars or no stars at all.
3: Yes. And a day as a judge is so varied because there's not necessarily a, an order in which you taste things. Some people might choose to do sweet or savoury first, but you could have oil followed by um, crisps, followed by fish, followed by meat, followed by cheese, followed by whatever. There's it, It's a lot. You know, you wear your elasticated pants and then you... <laughs> you do That's how you deal with the day. <laughs> you really do. Do you do two days in a row or do you give yourself a break? I have done two days in a row, Um It depends also, excuse me, it depends who I work with. I worked with one very well-known judge last year and he seemed to be on a mission to taste as many products. I think he invented this competition and I, I I mean, we tasted a, a very large amount of products and, um... I was very glad I wasn't doing the next day because I went home and just had to lay on the sofa yes. and just recover from it. I tend to do one day and give myself some time to recover, yeah. but I do really enjoy it. But it, you know, it does take its toll. People think as a judge, it's, you know, it's, it is really exciting. You get to taste so many um, brilliant products and not so brilliant, but when you taste a brilliant product, there's this kind of general feeling in the room of excitement because we're all foodies and we all love food. And, um, but it, it you know it takes its toll you have to look after yourself because it's um it's it's not easy to actually do and especially also as a coordinator you know we have a duty to collate the feedback in a really constructive way and sometimes it's difficult to be constructive about certain products and other times you just want to say it's amazing it's amazing i love it i love it and you can't you have to still be constructive so um there's a, there's a duty um, to the producers to do them a good service as well, I think.
0: When you get a product which is three stars, that tingle at the back of the neck and you just know, and typing it in into the computer, your feedback, it's just easy, isn't it? It's just, oh yeah, you know, when you can regale about how wonderful it is.
3: Absolutely.
0: So going back to food festivals um, and TAME this year... What is, apart from where you host, and I know you go and meet lots of different producers and you chat, what do you love about, you know, do you go and
3: shop in the Humble Country, um, shopping market oh, for my do you go goodness. a bit in to, there? I mean, I know, I know this is a podcast video, but this this is my favourite blanket that I bought from oh, there, Oh, lovely. So yeah. it's black um,
0: and white, and it's got little... It's leopard print. Oh, leopard print. Everything,
3: everything I own is leopard print. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I go and shop, I go and talk to the producers. I just... I just love kind of supporting the local businesses as well. Um, I mean, some of them are a little bit further afield, but um, stocking up on presents I find really useful as well. And chatting to the bakers and the chefs that are on the stage and Simon as well, because for for a couple of years, Simon and I worked on alternate days. So I used to joke that people might have thought that we were the same person (laughs) I was Simon Brown's body double, but I can categorically state here that is not true. But I have to say, and I and I was determined to get this into the podcast, my favourite thing to do at Tame Food Festival is spend time with my boyfriend. Uh,
0: no. I think you'll find he's mine. Here we go, no, Susie.
3: No, it's time we put this to rest because this is getting ridiculous now. Stephen Carter Bailey is my boyfriend. No.
0: He's my number two. He said it on the podcast. I'm afraid. I think he well, actually he, he said it, it when I interviewed to... him. He said, "No, Lottie, you're my number one."
3: No. He didn't want to upset you.
0: <laughs> <but I'm... laughs> there was a fantastic photograph last year you took, and it yeah. was you two hugging, um, doing a selfie of you two hugging. There was me sitting down in the background showing you the finger. With the, red glasses, <laughs> with the face know, going, yeah, whatever. Brilliant. It's, it's a brilliant, a brilliant photo. Picture, but actually, can, can you send me that photograph if you got it? Because well, I'd I mean, like, I'd like to put it I up on. Can get, our... it blown up. You yes. can get it blown up. Yes. Get it blown up the wall. <laughs> I think I should just put it to advertise you being on this podcast. So I'm going to put it up on there because I think it's absolutely brilliant. So send it over to me. No, I it's wonderful. Do. No, he is. I mean, okay. I think he's man enough to have take us both on. Really, isn't he? Let's face it. Is <laughs>
3: he? <see>? I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't know he, I don't know if anyone can take me on. That's fine. <laughs> we
0: will ask your husband
3: about that but yeah no
0: he is he's a darling though isn't he he's a sweetie pie
3: he's gorgeous such a lovely guy I mean they all are I think that's the thing is like everybody is so friendly and and just wants to have a good time and it just the demonstrations feel like a real chat and a real you get a real insight into people's lives as well um I spent a lot of time with Val as well I love stones. last year and she's just She's just so gorgeous. Yeah, she's a yeah. sweetheart. She's coming back.
0: i actually I'm going to ask her to come on this podcast as well because I think she should come on here. Yeah. She's she's the sweetheart. She's not too far from me now. She's uh she lives in Somerset, so just down the oh, road. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so she's oh she's a puppet. So Susie, final question, and it's the one I ask everyone, and I have to say it in a slightly stuck voice. So um, Susie, <laughs> can you give me your Fifty Shades of Food? This is something a little filthy, uh, and you you eat it with the curtains closed, the music turned down low. You're on your own. Could be a bit sticky. Let me know what your Fifty <laughs> Shades of Food is.
3: <laughs> oh God! Do I have to do that voice as well?
0: You can if you want to. I mean, Stephen might like it. <laughs>
3: Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, well, I'm a bit torn, but I'm going to go with one which um, I think might make me sound a bit strange. But it would probably be a jar of olives. Okay. Maybe stuffed. Stuffed (laughs) olives? garlic.
0: (gasps) Well, yes, that sounds beautiful. And you wouldn't want to be around anyone afterwards for a little, for a period of time. You
3: see, Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) Stephen.
0: Any particular type of (laughs) olive? Just for me. (laughs) Just for you. Any particular type of olive?
3: I I, I love all olives, actually. I've got a very kind of savoury, pickly taste buds. I have, yeah, that was very bad English again. Um, Which is surprising considering that I am known for sweet things. But actually, I do prefer savoury foods. Um, and, yeah, all olives. I could sit and eat. And pickles.
0: Mm. Oh, I
3: love a gherkin.
0: You, I love a gherkin. Yes. Yes, I love a pickle too. Yeah. So you'd be very happy to sit yeah. there in the dark, curtains closed, with a large jar of stuffed, garlic-stuffed olives, watching something on Netflix. Would that be, That's happiness, is it?
3: It, it is happiness. I and mean, if we're going to go a bit further, we could make it a full kind of tapas of pickles. I'd have some pickled onions, I'd have some pickled gherkins, yeah.
0: Yeah, the whole lot, bit of bread on the side. No, just pickle, just pure pickle, just jars. Just the pickles. Surround (laughs) yourself in jars of pickles. (laughs) That's just <laughs> fabulous. I love That's it. Like heaven. <laughs> yes, 50 shades of fabulous food there, Susie. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us on the, on the podcast. It's brilliant. And I will see you um, in September, if not before, but I will certainly see you hosting yeah. the Masterclass interview uh, stage at Tame Food Festival this year in September. Oh, All, right. All right, my darling. Thanks very much. Our oh, lovely Susie. See you in September. I last spoke to Andy in the green room behind the stage at Tame Food Festival. He had been regaling and teaching a large audience about his delicious cocktails in the Masterclass Marquis and then signing loads of his home bar cocktail books. Sadly, I didn't get to try one of his delectable drinks, but I'm ever hopeful when he returns to Tame again this year. Because the last interview was so fleeting, I wanted him to come back onto this podcast for a proper catch-up. So I caught up with Andy the other day to hear about his plans and festivals for the coming year. So, TV's Andy Clark. I was How are you? We're really well darling. How are you?
2: I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, not too bad, <laughs> you know. Enjoying focusing on on 2023, looking forward to the year that's coming. Yeah, it should be really good. There's lots going
0: on. I was thinking about when I first met you, and I remember we kind of bumped into each other at Beavis Good Food Show when you were managing the um, Sassy Kitchen stage there. Yes. And then we sort of was... flew into each other and flew off. And then I met you and Alan at a Christmas party, which um, I, well, I was trying to drink um, well, I was doing a drinking games, shall I say. I wasn't trying to drink because I can do it. But I was doing uh-huh. a drink with um, the Sorted Food Boys who were like 20 in their sort of late 20s. And there I am. So I'm trying to keep up with them. I always remember that. And the next day, I could barely do anything. So I remember seeing you at the party there. Yes. And yes. then we kind of met up again at your place. And then at Great Taste Judging, we see each That's other a lot. Right. So
2: That's right. That's right, because... It's it's quite funny the way things progress. How you meet people in the industry, you bump into people, and you just sort of you know say, oh hi, I recognise you, or you've got a friend of a friend, and then you become friends. And I remember that literally. I remember where we were stood at the NEC in Birmingham at the BBC Good Food Show, and how I saw you. We both sort of almost just a little jump. At the same time, like, oh, it's you. It's We're actually you. meeting. And then um Alan, my husband, had said, Oh, do you know Lottie's here? Lottie Duncan's here. And I was like, Yes, but I haven't seen her yet. And then I did see you, and then yeah, the progression, <laughs> drinking games, no, no, judging, no. uh, eating. And then because obviously you don't live a million miles away from me, you've even managed to pop in here with some with some beautiful homemade butter, which I will never forget. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had butter better than you have oh. made it. That seems like an effort. <laughs>
0: Can't believe Lottie made butter, there we are. Um, it, well, <laughs> it was it's lovely and, and obviously great taste judging, we see each other regularly and we manage to judge together sometimes as well and I remember during um, lockdown and Covid when we came out, you and I were judging together a bit more because it, it was two coordinators doing it wasn't it, so we were just two judges judging at the time, but most of the time we're separated because we're so badly behaved.
2: Well <laughs> the opposite sides of the room usually Lottie, <laughs> It's a miracle. You know, we have to be, we have to be, yeah, restrained. It's so funny, but we can still give each other looks, yes, can't we? Yes, can, so. over
0: the top of the glasses and the computer. But yes, it's great. And then obviously now, you, you know, you're part of our festivals, which we love. And last year yeah. you came, um, well, you came to Tame
2: um, yeah. a
0: couple of years ago, actually, and you hosted yeah. our interview tent. And then last yeah. year you came with your Cocktails shaking yes. your booty and in a previous episode we had a little chat for about three minutes while you were just flying in between your master classes but That's right. um so you, you're doing that and then you're coming again this year to tame to to uh to show us how to make the most amazing delicious cocktails can i just say you promised me one and i didn't get it at tame
2: Well, do you know what? This is the problem. There's an irony about working at a food and drink festival because there is food flying around everywhere. You know me, I come with those big boxes with my shakers in and my jiggers, my cocktail glasses um, and all my my stuff. And yet we're so busy because the amount of if you look at your phone and check um, the steps you've done and the miles you've walked, it's ridiculous. But when you're you know, working, you're like, you bump into people and we literally only grabbed like three minutes together over the whole weekend. Didn't we? Yeah. You're like, right, but right, I'm going to corner you. You had to corner me <laughs> by a tent and uh, make sure we chatted. And then I didn't actually get, I was making, I must've made, I don't know how many cocktails over the weekend, probably about like 12 or 14 different cocktails. And uh, I didn't manage to give you one of them, did I? How rude.
0: No, I didn't get one. But, you know, of course, this was because of your amazing book. Yes. Your cocktail yeah, I'm really,
2: book. I'm really, really pleased. Managed to um, yeah, bring out a book this year, Home Bar, which is all about easy uh, to make cocktails at home. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, people say are you a mixologist? Have you worked in bars? And believe me, I'm not one of these people that can toss the shaker up in the air and catch it, and you know, do all this uh, shakery. And uh, you know, I, I say it's not necessarily about the things you get in a cocktail bar, which are like you know, cloches of smoke and uh, burning sage on a on a you know, a, I don't know, a glass that's shaped like a candle with some concoction it it's all about easy things that you or I could do dust off your bottles um you know use things up I can't bear waste so I'm like you know if you've got a bottle that you don't know what to do with pick up my book and the chances are there'll be a cocktail for you to have an experiment with uh so yeah that came out this year uh, okay no last year now came out dear. in 2022 um in May which is really exciting and I'm re- it's just really lovely I mean you know what it's like when you could do something and think that hopefully you know somebody has picked up your book or read something you've written online and uh, hopefully you think they've tried it and maybe you've made their day a bit better for them knowing your recipe and thought, yeah, they've loved it. And I do like that when you see people are having a go and, uh, you know, having a, a good old drink at home or out in the garden or at a festival even. You know. Because
0: there's always something at the back of your cabinet. I mean, there is always a bottle of creme de menthe or, a, you know, yeah. something dodgy you bought back from when you've been on holiday, which you never touched. You drank it on holiday, you bought it back, and then you're like, well, it's not quite the same when you're not by a palm tree.
2: Exactly. (laughs) I totally hear you. And sometimes it's those slightly strange, sticky, sweet spirits that you find places that you think don't know what to do with. But do you know what I always say is, think of those like a flavoured sugar syrup. You know, I have a whole section in the book about making your own syrups, with it's berry syrup, ginger syrup, coffee syrup, so you can put that in your espresso martini. But if you've got something like even a dessert wine, people give you dessert wines... That you're not too sure what to do with and they are sweeter use that instead of a sugar syrup in a cocktail and it will just give it a slightly different flavor and it's all about changing it up you know don't you know we're all quite guilty of drinking the same drink because it's an easy go to i have a go at allen for always ordering a gin and tonic when we go somewhere i love a gin and tonic but i can make you a beautiful one at home if there's a cocktail menu try something off piste try something a bit different so um and we don't eat the same you know every day of the week you get completely bored so uh, why not why not change it up and change it up through the seasons drink a different cocktail in the summer as you drink at christmas and drink a different cocktail in the in spring than you would uh, you know in autumn that's um because we eat seasonally so why, why not do that that's with that's actually drinks a too?
0: very good point andy something i'd never thought of before but it's very true you know we, we eat differently so why have the same drink it's brilliant that's something that it's like a, an epiphany
2: it, <laughs> it is oh, hallelujah <laughs>
0: And what's really lovely at the festivals is that you use some of our producers' uh, alcohol. So I know, for, for example, you were, was it the Thunderflower Gin you used at Tame?
2: <gasps> Love Thunderflower, yes, they're brilliant, aren't they? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And also at Tame, I discovered for the first time Tors Vodka. Also discovered at Tame, um, the Wiltshire Liqueur Wiltshire Company. Wiltshire Liqueur,
0: oh, just down the road from us. I know, a oh, blood orange one, her blood orange one is amazing.
2: Wow, well, I was just about to say to you, you know, I love a cosmopolitan and that would normally contain sort of standard vodka and a triple sec or like a Cointreau or something like that. Um, but I was like, well, why don't you use the you could easily use the blood orange liqueur instead of Cointreau. You could use a different vodka, like say a sort auto vodka or, um, you know, or, or a flavoured vodka in any way. And, you know, change it up and have a little play and see what you think. And I actually used that orange uh, liqueur in a mulled wine on Alan Titchmarsh's Christmas special oh, on ITV. Lovely. Love your Christmas on Boxing Day. And I put that in the mulled wine, um, which was just delightful. That wonderful spiced orange flavour was incredible. I, lo- I love that sort of oh, thing. Tiffany, really,
0: she's yeah. the sweetheart. She's been coming to Tame almost since the beginning of when it first yeah. started. And she's back next year. She's just booked. Um, we've got Love Day Gin coming to Tame next year. Now, they're based down in Falmouth. In Penrith, in yes, yeah. that's nice. and yeah. they came to uh Bradford and Avon last year festival they're coming back again this year but they're three gorgeous girls who started up this amazing gin company in lockdown uh, a lot of businesses in lockdown started and um but yeah. it's beautiful gin it's really really lovely and they've award-winning and it's gorgeous and they're just the nicest nicest girls in fact they're on my yes. they're on the um our first podcast uh, that went out the first uh. episode so Um, but yeah no just really really love there's so many beautiful beautiful alcohols out there to try at festivals and that's what I love about bringing those to the visitors so they can discover ones from different parts of the country and you know when it's all very well saying buy local 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 and I absolutely agree with that but also at food festivals I think it's important to have producers from around the country so people get to discover them too
2: yeah, absolutely. You're completely right. Because if you think of the, the length and breadth of the UK, we are so lucky that in relative terms, if you think of other countries and how big they are, you know, bear in mind, you know, we can physically drive from Cornwall up to Scotland, uh, you know, in a day if we needed to. The amount of passionate people with great local ingredients that are doing amazing things from, you know, and and that is that is the beautiful thing about going to different places and actually yes, discovering uh the different options that are out there and i i don't know i think there are so many people that you start you are literally like with the love day girls you know you're tasting their passion they've given you know changed their lives to make yeah. this beautiful product and their gins are gorgeous um and you think how lovely that it's not just something that they go oh you know take it off the conveyor belt get it packaged, get it out it's like our oh, heart and soul have gone into this and like we're saying about you know it's great when somebody tries your recipe or comes to your festival when somebody tastes their product how exciting is that and you can see it you can see it when i was tasting um um, pies. I bought some pies to take home from Tame last year. And, you know, when, you know, you're trying a little bit of something and you can see that look of expectation in their eyes going, oh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we love making it. And that for me is everything. I yeah. just love it.
0: Oh, that's Water Perry Farm Shop, I think. They, they, they were people with all the pies. Yeah. Oh,
2: they were delicious. It's for weird. These, maybe.
0: I have like a photographic memory for the stalls and what position they were in. <laughs> I know, I know exactly where they are. I know them so well, better than they know themselves, those stall holders. <laughs> they don't no, realise.
2: I... Great research for me, for anything that I'm writing or anything I'm doing on telly. And that's where, you know, it's nice when you make connections like me you know tiffany it's uh um uh which the uh, you was or whoever it is it with edward at towards vodka and you just get, oh or Thunderflower you know it's great and you go oh i'm gonna remember you i'll take a picture i work very visually take a picture of the store take a picture of the product and i can scroll back and have a little look and that that's great research for me because i'm always excited about uh putting people in touch with new artisan producers that maybe they haven't heard of before and you know really sort of avoiding the uh the mundane commercial stuff that we can, any of us can pick up in any supermarket.
0: So I'm um, just, we call you TVs, Andy Clark, because obviously yeah. there's, a, there's a big TV producing background that you have. Yeah. And I think that is, it you, you that takes you to where you are now so brilliantly. I mean, I think because you know what people want to see, you know the information people want from having from producing that over the years. Yeah. Um and it's taking you as well now to other festivals. So, you know, I'm just yeah. looking at the list here. You've got Pub in the Park, Car Fest, The Big Grill.
3: Yes. All of that yeah, big grill a... in
0: Ireland that you're doing in August. You've got obviously you're helping with Carfest. I think you said to me there's a part, an area that you're dealing with, and and obviously pub in the park. You've been hosting the music stage for the last few years. Yes.
2: Yeah. So it's it's quite funny because you know uh, my t- the reason I p- p- people people call me TV's Andy Clark is because I yes, as you know, and um, other people might not know, I my my trade is producing and directing television, which I've done for a number of years. Worked on programs like uh, Richard and Judy and Blue Peter and lots oh, of things. Oh, well, that's things. where
0: I would have seen you, Richard and Judy, because I did that once. Oh, yes, that's right. Maybe that's a few right. times. Yes, I've seen you there as well. that That's, that's come it. back to me now.
2: <laughs> There's the connection. See, yeah. this connection is like this family tree going yeah. on right there. Yes, yeah, so I, I produced that um for Cactus TV for Channel Four for a number of years. And you know, all my friends come. I'm from Bristol, I now live back in the Bristol area, and I'd come back home and see my school friends for drinks and stuff, and because they knew that I was the guy living in London, uh, working in TV, i come back and they'd just be like, oh my god, TV's Andy Clark is here, so what's the gossip from Rich and Judy, which celebrity have you met this week, you know, and um, I don't know. Is it Mariah Carey? Is it Bruce Forsyth? Is it Emma Thompson? Who is it? You know. So all these people um, that you meet, you get these little stories and they would love over a pint of cider in the local pub in my hometown. They'd love the story. So this TV's Andy Clark thing sort of stuck. So when I decided to join social media, I thought, well, why not just call myself TV's Andy Clark? And I think some people think, well, you know, they might see me on little bits and bobs on telly, but it's not like I'm, I don't know, an, an A-list uh, Saturday night uh, presenter, But the TV part of my, my handle is because I'm a TV producer and director. And like you said, it was through being uh, uh, on the production team for Saturday Kitchen that I started doing the festivals. Um, I helped Cactus TV develop the idea for the Saturday Kitchen revamp when James Martin took it over in 2006. And then uh, when that happened, they got the gig with the BBC because Anthony Wall Thompson and the production company mm-hmm. that were making it previously defected to ITV to make I a remember. similar Yes, yes. they couldn't take the name because the name was a bbc name so they went to itv and did a, a series briefly called saturday cooks uh which uh uh was yeah on about the same time you know so we took over to sort of doing saturday kitchen and i was producing i think richard and judy at the time and sort of fl- flopping between that and uh blue peter but i said i'd come in on a saturday and help out i'd do anything from washing up, to sort of preparing food, shucking scallops, trimming the fish, whatever, and standing in for the celebrity guest in rehearsal. I was like, this is partly my baby. I want to be involved in this. And so that was 2006. And James Martin had just done Strictly. I think he got into like the final three or something in Strictly. And so he was very much the housewife's choice of, you know, <laughs> chef, you know, with his, uh, they've moved on from the bandana years of ready, steady cook and all that. And uh, so after a couple of years, they asked me to produce it and i was like oh yes i will actually because this is like wonderful and then part of that was getting into sort of the, the uh, directing the wine vts and sort of uh, learning a bit more about food and wine matching and the wine experts encouraged me they said you've got a really way, good way of putting what you're tasting into words you could go with this a bit more started doing some writing got my own sort of blog on my website when i moved back to bristol started doing some writing and then it was actually gorgeous bless him, gorgeous Tom Kerridge, who um, we were catching up one time because we have been friends for a number of years. And he said, we should work together more. You know, why aren't you working with us with Pub in the Park? You know, because Pub in the Park was growing at the time, sort of pre-pandemic. It had gone from just one event in Marlow to sort of many uh, events around the country. And I was going to be doing some stuff in the pandemic year, and then it didn't happen. And then they asked me, to, they said, oh, come along um, for 2021. Actually, we're looking for somebody, not only foodie, but do you like music do you like pop music I was like yes I like music I was like well I used to be in a musical theater company I have a lot of time in my house dancing to music um they said would you host the main stage and bring on all, all the pop acts and I was like uh yes, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I absolutely will what do you mean I'll be rubbing shoulders with some international <laughs> pop acts I will happily do that so doing that and then with the book coming out it meant i could do demos in the at the uh, kitchen stage and host some q a's with the chefs because i've got a lot of stories that they don't they don't often like to tell because it's backstage from tv stories which is great to come out uh, off camera okay. when you're interviewing them. so now we're doing i think we're doing nine or ten this year from wimbledon in sort of mid may all the way up to st albans in september we're going to brighton bath obviously which is our local one lottie so uh um, I'll see you there with a glass see of fizz oh,
0: yes
3: <laughs> in hand,
2: which is great. So, yeah, so doing a lot of that and then helping um, coordinate the food and drink uh, offering for CarFest, which is a, a big, big charity, sort of a kids' charities event that Chris Evans hosts. Um, and it uh, used to be uh, CarFest North and CarFest South. But they're now concentrating in just one event, which is oh, CarFest okay. South. Oh, OK. Yeah. So that's gonna be at Laverstoke Park Farm, which is Jody Schechter's farm, uh, where they make that wonderful mozzarella and they're amazing oh, Laverstoke Park black know. pudding. Mm. I love so helping uh get all that together. And yeah, like you said, just going over to Ireland to do the big grill in August, which will be lovely because um, you know, I love Irish food and culture through my gorgeous Irish husband, who you know very well.
0: I do, the gorgeous Alan. I I love Irish food. I was very lucky when I was doing Great Food Live all those years ago. They shipped me over to Ireland. Um, This must be like 2005, something like that. And down in Cork and Kerry, and we did a whole tour down there. And I met one of the most adorable people and friends that I kept friends for years until she sadly passed away, Margaret. Um, we filmed with her on the first night, and she said, uh, "Lottie, would you like some patine? And that was it. That's the last thing I remember. Being ah. there was the poutine that I was drinking. She Said, oh, "Lottie, you drink it. You drink patine out of a heel of a shoe, wouldn't you?" That's what I remember her saying to me. Oh, it was such a good night. And yeah, we did. We did. And uh, Clodagh McKenna before she was famous. I was cooking with her and and Fingal Ferguson. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Fingal Ferguson. it's the most. I completely, i was speechless because this very gorgeous young man with blonde waving hair looking like Mm. like a Nordic Viking walked towards me and said, Lottie, would you like to see my pork loin? (laughs) Wow. And I said, all right. (laughs) Never seen me run so fast into his smokery. But yeah, no, it's a a lovely part of the world. I I do love Ireland. I've had some fun there. Brilliant. Yeah, so you're going to do the big grill there. So whereabouts is that?
2: And that's going to be, I believe, in uh, a place called Balls Bridge, which is sort of um, just outside, just on the outskirts of Dublin. Oh, lovely. So that's really,
3: really really exciting.
2: Nice. I mean, you know, I love Dublin. The food culture in Dublin is great. And uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to doing that. Because funnily enough, uh, one of the people that runs it, um, she writes for um, a freelance uh, food and drink writer and organises a lot of events. And she writes for the Irish Times. But she also used to uh, be one of the production team on Richard and Judy as well. Just Funny. randomly, we popped into, uh, into each other in Belfast at a, a food event where I was discovering some... It was put on by Invest Northern Ireland... Uh, sort of bringing people together to sort of uh, appreciate a lot of the small producers that are in Northern Ireland. And uh, I was like, no way, it's you. And she's like, it's you. And it was like, this is hilarious. And we were just chatting yeah. and it's like, yeah, come and, come and do the festival. It'd be great. And I'm like, yeah. I love barbecued food and I love people and I love food and drinks. So yes, I'll be and there. And you love
0: Ireland. <laughs> and can you just apologise to Alan for my terrible Irish accent just then? I'm going <laughs> to listen back to it and go, God, Lolly, that was terrible. <laughs>
2: Well, do, do you know what? He'll forgive you anything.
0: So, Andy, final question, and this is when I ask everybody, okay? Yes. What is, and I'm going to say this to you in my most seductive way. What I, is. I hope so. You do have a
2: very seductive voice,
0: <laughs> <laughs> What is your 50 shades of food, okay? This is something you want to eat on your own with the door locked, the curtains closed, in the dark, or maybe just one light on. It's a little sticky, it's a little naughty, and could be a little filthy what
2: is it all my life i have had a huge hankering for fried chicken (gasps) uh fast food fried chicken restaurants i really really like i mean i'll tell you what it is i think we used to go into bristol as a treat and there's a there are you know there's the there's kfc are we allowed to mention names
0: yeah yes. Oh, you, say whatever
2: you want. so you've got it was kentucky fried chicken at the time uh, uh the full the full name instead of just the abbreviation but there was also a couple of restaurants called miss millie's fried chicken now Miss Millie's Fried Chicken, I have since learnt, is a smaller chain. I think they're in Cardiff and they're in Bristol. You know, as a kid, I couldn't really tell the difference. Loved the crispy coating. thats You know, the whole idea that it's a secret recipe was just so beautiful. And I tell you what, because it was a treat when we were a kid, it's now a treat. Now, I don't go there every week. I don't go there from one year to the next. But if by chance and definitely there's a drive-through about a mile and a half from our house and I'm very restrained by not going there uh, very often at all. But I just love it. And I'll tell you what made, made me laugh when I was a kid. I said to my mum, and I couldn't tell the difference between the two different restaurants. I said, why is one called Kentucky Fried Chicken and one called Miss Millie's? And my mum said to me, well, that, that M- Miss Millie and the Colonel used to be married, but she got some of the restaurants in the divorce settlement. <laughs> That's what she actually said.
0: Fantastic.
2: Oh, oh, I know, I know. I thought, well, that's, that's genius. And I, I, it wasn't until I moved away to go to university, then we'd come back and suddenly I was in Bristol and I was like, Miss Millies is still here. She was never married to the Colonel. But I, I put it all together as, a, as an adult. Uh, but that was, Miss,
0: you, you, know, you finally caught on all those years later. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I've just forgotten about it because I had never, didn't go to one, you know, as a uh, sort of when I went to uni and then uh, saw Miss Millie's again. We used to go look at the Christmas lights at the top of White Ladies Road and Black Boy Hill, looking over the city, Christmas lights in the car as a family, the four of us eating uh, fried chicken. Oh. And I think that memory, you know, a lot of things are about food memories, aren't they? And to me, you know, really good, deep fried, crispy, coated chicken is just oh. one of my. Real pleasures. I
0: think you're absolutely right. And that coating's right and crispy and deep and, and yeah. you know, crunchy. And there's just that little bit of oil that dribbles down your chin. Just a soup song. You have to have a bit, don't you? It's
2: fresh because you know it's freshly fried, <sighs> yeah, don't you, and then? juicy. That oh, just so... Yeah, the meat has to be hot and juicy and it's just come out the fryer. And you don't mind that bit of fat, but you've got to have the crunch. You don't want that yeah. sort of like uncooked battery pastry, soggy bottom nonsense going yeah. on, um in all the crevices. You want and I love you know, I love chicken thighs as well. And you know, I love actually biting the um the crispy coating off of the, the bone as well. You know, it's gone around the edge of the drumstick or around the bottom of the uh, the thigh bone and oh my god, so yeah. My mouth has you dribbling right now.
0: Yeah. I think I'm dribbling <laughs> too. <laughs>
2: I've got to get away from my keyboard, haven't I? Because (laughs) my my computer's going to shut down. (laughs)
0: You better get down to Miss Millie's ASAP.
2: (laughs) I think I I know who I'm going on a date with later on. It's Miss Millie.
0: Miss Millie. Oh, thanks, Sandy. That is perfect. And um, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's lovely to see your face. And, um, And I will see you again soon, I know, at Great Taste Awards, first of all. And then food festivals
2: absolutely i cannot wait are we sure we shall be naughty across the room at uh food judging we should be naughty in a field in tame as well i'm looking forward
0: to it <laughs> perhaps with some lovely crispy fried chicken as well so that oh, sounds good
2: and a cocktail
0: and a cocktail sir oh most definitely all right my darling. thank you so much and um yes i will uh, see you very very soon you take care and you see you soon andy probably judging for great taste towards in the summer Well, that's it. Another collection of chatty chums, food and drink loving people who I'm so happy and lucky to call friends. Next time, you're going to meet my dad. He is a cartoonist, artist and copywriter and also on hand as our festival design consultant. Quite lucky, eh? We'll also be talking to Vicky Usher, who owns Humble Country, the stunning shopping marquee full of treasure at Tamed Food Festival. And you'll hear Chef Lucy Ellis and I having a chat after Sunday lunch with a smidgen of wine in Cornwall. Hick! See you then. you like listening to our podcast we just love producing it if you think you know someone that would enjoy listening to it too please share and pass on please like and follow us on the platform you listen with we are on instagram truly scrumptious podcast and of course there are our festivals where this podcast stems from bradford and avon food and drink festival and tame food festival website links are on our profile but just google them and you'll find us and buy tickets to visit thanks again for listening